You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome in everybody to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, we've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season is a lot different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter what day of the week it happens to fall on. Personally, I don't know, I kind of like the opportunity to be able to like watch more games, you know, a game that the the, the like the Ravens Steelers, it happened on Wednesday, it was sloppy, it was crazy, and you could tell that this is all kind of taking a toll on everybody, like with the Broncos and stuff too, but at least as a fan, we get a chance to watch a little bit more football, and whatever you're into this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. And today, of course, is crossover Thursday, so we've got Tony Wiggins from Locked on Jags coming in. I love talking to Tony, so really excited to share that with you. But first, I guess we should talk about a little bit of news. The Vikings have taken Adam Thielen off of COVID-19 IR. That means he should be ready to go for the game against Jacksonville. That's pretty nice. The Vikings only missed him for one game. They won that game. That is a, a nice thing. You know, one of the most important players on your entire team ends up having to miss a game. It's nice to know that the impact of it was lessened by the Vikings finding a way to win that game. So the whole momentum of BC Johnson and Chad Beebe, I would fully expect that that all falls away, and we go back to being a primarily Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Those are your three players who are going to comprise most of the offense. Things will go to the tight end sometimes. That's the way that the Vikings really drew it up. Elsewhere in injury report news, the Wednesday injury report comes out, and Britton Colquitt and Rashad Hill both missed practice on Wednesday with non-injury-related reasons. Sometimes this is a COVID protocol thing, sometimes this is absolutely nothing. They'll be back by the, you know, the by the next days, but it's something to keep an eye on. Of course, Rashad Hill, just a backup tackle, so likely would not have been called upon anyways. Uh, but Britton Colquitt, obviously something to watch, uh, maybe going into the, the game with uncertainty at punter would be a little interesting. Also, DJ Wanham is DNP with an ankle slash back injury. That's a little concerning because Wanham injured himself in the uh, the Carolina game on a non-contact injury. He was engaged with a player, but it wasn't like he got his knee rolled up on or anything like that. And it didn't look like, at least going back and looking at that injury, it didn't look like anything had happened to DJ Wanham that was uh, like, a, that would be like an ankle sprain or a rolled ankle or anything minor like that. It's one of those things where he just kind of pulled up and that's usually really concerning. Yeah, he gutted it out. He came back in the game and he finished off the game, but it is kind of concerning because sometimes you can, you know, you have the adrenaline going, uh, like on game day and you come in, you gut it out, you finish the game, you wake up the next day, you can't even walk on it. So that's going to be something to really watch with, with DJ Wanham to see if he comes back and this is a minor ankle injury, ankle slash back injury, whichever it is, uh, or if this is something that does actually end up in a prolonged absence. The other DNP on the day was Irv Smith, who's now dealing with a back injury. Uh, I believe that was different than the injury that had sidelined him earlier, but he's had a pretty in-and-out season, which is unfortunate. Ezra Cleveland did 
practice on a limited basis with the ankle injury that's been keeping him out. Dalvin Cook, also an ankle injury, the one that he sustained in the Carolina game, but also gutted out. He was a limited participation, and Brett Jones was also limited participation with a neck injury. So now that guard position is going to be a little bit weirder. Now the Vikings actually have an alternative ready for Brett Jones. So we get to kind of see a referendum on this. Are they as happy with Brett Jones as a lot of the fans are, as like pro football focuses? Um, and even on, on my rewatch of Brett Jones, I didn't get to talk about it yesterday, but I did go back and like take another look. And I think I see where PFF is coming from. There are a couple of plays that I think bother me more than they bother PFF. Um, and I still think that the Vikings aren't quite comfortable enough asking him to do the full range of guard activities, which is why if Ezra Cleveland does go back in the game, uh, it's probably not developmental. It's probably because they still just like don't quite have all the faith in Brett Jones to ask him to do the things uh, that, that they haven't asked him to do yet. And he's been good at the things they have asked him to do, but they haven't asked more of him yet. And I kind of feel like that's a, a reason to maybe not expect Brett Jones to get the start, even though maybe he's earned it. Uh, it's really interesting. I don't really know where the Vikings are going to go with that. I don't really know where they should go with that. I'm really 50-50 on it. Uh, but either way, both of them are also limited participants. So the injury might just make this decision for them, and it'll be something to watch throughout the week. But let's transition into the conversation with Tony Wiggins, of course, of Locked on Jags. He's going to give us kind of a sense of where the Jags are at. Now, Jaguars on field obviously aren't like that interesting, right? They're one in 10. This is a terrible team, right? So I, I kind of spent most of this interview talking to him a little bit more about the kind of the vibe of the Jaguars. I wanted to learn about the broad strokes of the Jaguars. Tomorrow, we're going to go in, we'll talk about the more off-field stuff and kind of do the more X's and O's things uh, that that I, I really kind of prefer to do on this one. But my conversation with Tony uh, is a, a little bit more about like they're, they're kind of tanking. And what about the quarterback situation? And I even asked about their push to get Unique Ngakwe in the Pro Bowl to screw over the Vikings draft pick and stuff like that. So all of that is coming up. But first, I want to shout out Bilko. Bilko makes you the best you, whatever it is that you do. Whether you have a men mental or a physical wall you're trying to break through, whether it's increasing your weight limit, trying to get homework done on time, trying to figure out something for your job, break through that wall with Go every day. It comes in these easy to take one and a half ounce packages. It's like a workout gel. So it's something like a five hour energy that you can wolf down real quick or put in a smoothie or something like that. But it doesn't give you that same jitter, that same crash, because all the energy comes from a natural source. It comes from vitamins B6 and B12 for the most part. 10,000% of your daily intake of vitamins B6 and B12. It also has beta alanine, B3, honey, a little bit of caffeine, and it is loaded with collagen protein. Collagen protein is like a natural, fast-absorbing absorb protein that gets into your system fast, it's easy on the stomach, and it promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. The stuff literally makes you look better. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, if you're into that, and chocolate mint. I'm a big peanut butter honey fan myself. So if you want to try it for yourself, go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! All right, welcome in everybody to our weekly tradition here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Crossover Thursday. I'm here with Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jags. Of course, uh, I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings. Tony, it's so good to talk to you. We've been able to talk a whole bunch this year. <laughs> I know it, right? Well, you know, we always chat and then we we hit each other up on the DM and 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 sometimes on Twitter, but it's always good to talk to you. Hopefully, I'm making Ross jealous because I'm talking to his <laughs> partner. 
That's my boy, though, yeah. man. But it's good to be here with you, man, to talk some Vikings Jags. Yeah, and I'm I'm fascinated by the Jaguars and where they're at right now. Because obviously, I mean, this is a lost season, right? They're what one and ten now. Ten straight losses, really, yeah, they, really bleak. It feel like the, one in forty-seven. That's what it feels. Like. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, so the on-field product is obviously most of the answers to questions are like things are bad, right? Yeah. Um, but I, the the I guess the emotion of where the Jaguars are at is where I'm I'm really interested in because they just fired Dave Caldwell. Is that a spark? Is that a hey? Maybe some things are looking up. I know the locker room culture has been like quite a thing, but a lot of the people who were the maddest are now out of the organization. So are we at a turning point in, in Jacksonville or is there still like room to go down before things bounce back? Oh, uh, I think they're at a hopeful point of, of a turning point because you can't turn stuff until you start actually fixing it or, or, or getting rid mm-hmm. of folks. And in the past, you know, they they never really did a full reboot of anything. You know, since Shy bought the team, they they still have people in the organization that's connected, you know, to the, the first folks. So Dave Caldwell, to most people, was the biggest domino that needed to fall. But people uh, are waiting on uh, Doug Marone and and uh, to to mm-hmm. be fired too. And uh, the defense coordinator, Todd Wash, all of the the entire staff, maybe with with the exception of the special teams coach and the wide receivers. Coach, I think everybody else people want to see out of here. Yeah, and it, I think I saw a report that they won't be fired. At least they're like safe at least to the end of the season. So if right. you're, you know, Doug Marone, you're that coaching staff, and if you've been given that vote of confidence and you buy it, are you now going to start kind of doing the evaluation thing? I mean, new GM coming in, or are we going to start seeing more young players, more, uh, you know, see what we have in this kind of thing, or is it still just you know try to get as much respect mm-hmm. as you possibly can? Well, no. Uh, from a fan's perspective, fans want to be entertained, but they want them to lose because right now they're currently sitting at the second spot in the draft. Yeah. You and they were rooting for the Jets to win uh, a few uh, Monday nights ago. It was the wildest thing, you know. And I thought it was a sad point in the organization that you got your Jaguar fans up at midnight watching the Jets and cheering for that crazy franchise <laughs> to, be, to be doing that. It, it, that's a slap in the face to, to, to the city. But I understand why the fans have to grasp on to stuff like that because they can't have winning at a sustainable level to to grasp on to. But I don't think they're going to play any more younger players because they can't possibly get any more young than they already are because of the choices that they made to do it, uh, to go young and get rid of all of the veterans. And then the choices and decisions that they made to, um, well, not the decisions, but the injuries, the, the injuries. The, some of the players, that they, they got rookies replacing rookies. You know what I'm saying? Like some of the rookies that are out are being replaced by rookies. At one point, they had four guys in their secondary at one time that were all rookies, and it was crazy, man. Yeah, we've we've had a similar situation on on our defense with a, a whole bunch of rookies. Um, but I, okay, so let's talk about the quarterback, I guess, because so it's uh, Mike Lennon is going to play this one. Is that is that the best move? Is that is that the guy who should be uh, start? Is or is that the guy who gives the Jaguars the best chance to lose? I guess is if that's what you want or the best chance to win. Um, uh, no. No, I don't think he gives him the best chance to lose. I think, you know what? He might. That's the crazy part about it. He's the third guy to start this year. They uh, replaced uh, Gardner Minshew with Jake Luton, uh, a rookie uh, out of Oregon State. And while he has a lot of pop in his arm, he just he sails balls too much, and he had uh, like five turnovers yeah. in, in three games. So they pulled him out. Glennon actually looked good, but it's like he looks good, mm. but he's non-threatening. You know what I'm saying? It's like because he's a, a veteran, he'll do some things um, that will make him look okay, but then it's non-threatening to, to really go out and win games. But um, 
I really don't know what they're doing. I, they claim that they're trying to win. Doug says it makes them sick to lose, but uh, I, and, and the fans didn't want anybody fired because normally you get fired, then that means if Doug would have got fired, that means Jay Gruden takes over. Jay Gruden wants to probably show that he's still a good coach, and maybe you win some meaningless games down the stretch. And you end up with the fifth pick instead of the second pick, and you you get shut out of the quarterback situation. Yeah, and that's that's like the nightmare for a team like Jacksonville that needs that new influx of like you you need that certain guy. Um, so okay, last thing I want to ask about Vikings fans, we have a bone to pick with you guys because <laughs> there has been this. I don't think I've even talked about it on the show yet, but there has been this movement. <laughs> For Jacksonville mm-hmm. fans to vote Unique Ngakwe to the Pro Bowl, even though he's been like a fine at best in in Baltimore, um, but to vote him to the Pro Bowl because if he goes to the Pro Bowl, it escalates the draft pick that the Vikings give to the Jaguars. Please, I just need you get your people under control. No man, that's who they are. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, 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 that's of our fan base. Is the greatest. That's the biggest misconception around the NFL. Is like, oh, the Jaguars are going to move because the fans don't. Our fan base is ridiculously good at what they do, and they do stuff like that. I, 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 there was no doubt in my mind that the first time I got wind of it, I was like, they just keep surprising me. I was like, look at these people, man. But that's what they do because they've mastered being able to do anything and everything that they can to to have fun. And, and to get an advantage and help this team, they've done that because they can't focus on football. Because you focus on football, you'll go, you'll go crazy it's bummer, around yeah. It's a bummer. So all of the things on the periphery, all of the shenanigans and the foolery, and I'm going to tell you one. I'm going to tell you right now, and Tyler Roden learned this, at Tic Tac Titans, locked on tight. Oh, yeah. He came from a fan base, right? And I said, don't do it. Him... And a couple of other Titans fans, I said, don't do it. Because the, the Titans have been the ingrown toenail for the Jaguars. You know, we can't beat them consistently. It's just like a headache. I said, man, y'all winning the games. You're winning the games, just leave it alone. And he came for him, and guess what? Eventually, he waved the white flag, and he told me, man, they are ruthless. I said, I told you. I told you not to do it. So, uh, yeah, man, but. They're real good at that stuff, man. And the thing about it, I'm going to talk to you about that Jan situation anyway, because his whole goal was to get home. Oh, for sure. Yeah, get home to – like, that's exactly where he belongs. He should finish his career there. Yeah, but I don't – what happened? I guess you can tell me that when we flip this thing over here on the, on the crossover, but that's the weirdest thing that they – basically, you just gave up a whole round of compensation just for five games. Was it the losing? Was it like, did they just throw in the towel once Daniel Hunter went down and it was like, okay, it's over. Yeah, it was a little bit. Um, I think they, they thought they needed him because they thought Daniel Hunter's thing was going to be a temporary thing. And then it turned out Daniel Hunter's thing needed surgery. He's going to be out for the season. So it kind of changed the calculus there. They were one in five. So I think that helped uh, kind of play into it a little bit, but they also weren't very happy with his play. He was not great in the run, which he never has been. Um, and he had a lot of sacks, but I guess they didn't give him a, a lot of credit for those sacks. I called it a lot of cleanup and stuff like that. Um, so they, I, I kind of disagree with the Vikings on this. I thought his play was plenty good and kind of shaping up to be, you know, worth what, what they had paid. But I think the Vikings just kind of wanted to get 90% of their, their money back and, and, uh, move and, on and in just, what really felt like a lost season after you got your doors blown up by Atlanta. Yeah. And the danger in having a guy like Jan in a contract year is they're going to sell out for those numbers. 
Because sometimes when guys play well, and you know this, guys will play well and then a fan will look down. See, they did that to him in Jacksonville. Fans looked up. He had like 30, 39 sacks in four years here. But the last year, he only had like six and a half or seven. So fans go, he's not worth the money because, look, he only has seven sacks. And those sacks all don't always tell the complete story. So right. guys guys start going, okay, if that's how y'all want to play it. You know what I'll do? I'll get my numbers up. And it seemed like when he first got there, that's exactly what he was trying to do. I thought he was on his way to 15. Mm-hmm. And now in Baltimore, he's been asked to do some other stuff. He's not rushing as much in Baltimore. They're kind of dropping him back a little bit. He's playing the flats. Uh, but he he terrorized somebody uh, about two weeks ago on TV. They couldn't block him. I think it was Tennessee. Yeah. He, he always does that to them, by the way. So uh, we'll see how it goes, man. Yeah, we'll see how it goes in there. But that's a, that's, that's a fun little movement you guys got going over there. But hey. <laughs> I, uh, I know that you want to ask some stuff about the Vikings uh, for your listeners so you can learn a little bit about that. So when we come back, we'll talk all about it. Hey, before we get back into the conversation with Tony, I want to let you guys know Locked On NFL Sunday is live. There's a live preview show. So if you're looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth instead of the broad strokes tomfoolery you see on like the Fox and the CBS shows that have kind of gotten away from themselves, at least in my opinion, you can check out the Locked On NFL Sunday Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, none of that stupid fluff, just football. Every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson, who I do Locked On NFL with, if you listen to that on Tuesdays. You can follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So that's 10 o'clock for you Minnesota people. Hi, welcome back to Crossover Edition. Locked On Jaguars, Locked On Titans. I'm Tony Wiggins, and I'm talking to my man Luke Braun, who uh, also teams up with Ross Jackson. What, what day is your show? Monday on the NFL? Locked on the NFL? Uh, we're, we're Tuesday, yeah. We kicked you, you and James. Yeah. Yep, you're Tuesday, and then me and James are Wednesday. Uh, so that's right, because uh, Peter Bukowski is Monday. That's right. I locked on pack. So, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So, you know, we get it. We have a chance to get it in on a national basis. But right now, I want to talk to him about some Viking stuff. Um, a few years back in 2017, one of the biggest regrets that the Jaguars had after they made the run to go to the AFC championship game. They kept Blake Bortles and actually extended him. And and folks were saying Mm -hmm. what they should have done was go out and get a quarterback. The guy that they were talking about was Kirk Cousins. Cousins ended up going to uh, Minnesota. I see a lot of Minnesota Viking fans that miss Teddy Bridgewater. Has the $27 million a year been worth it? Now that you know, you can always look at it when you first do it and go, okay, they're, they're, they're doing something, they're trying to win. Was it all worth it with Kirk Cousins? And if you if they if you guys could, would you have Bridgewater back? Oh, the, yeah, yeah. I have to separate this from my emotions because I'm I'm such a Teddy lover. Uh, yep. Teddy's the reason I got into covering football. Like I, I'm so big on him. So I, I have to separate my emotions. But uh, <laughs> the, the the 27 million a year, the money that he makes, isn't that bad. Um, for a quarterback, if you look at him, like compared to all the quarterbacks and stuff, basically, if he plays like a top 15 guy, that's worth the money. 
Um, and I, I don't think anybody would say he isn't like at least a top 15 guy. And it's all about, you know, can he be the guy that takes the next step, you know? And I think the, the criticism is more that the Vikings are married to cousins with no way out that they have all because of all the guaranteed money. They don't have a, even a, a real backup. Their backup is Sean Mannion, who they don't really trust to put on the field. He's more of like kind of a pseudo quarterbacks coach type, like a lot of teams do with their backup. So they're, they're married to cousins for better or worse. And with the roller coaster that Kirk cousins is where he'll have some some games. He was phenomenal last week against Carolina. Uh, he was working the pocket. He tight, threaded so many tight windows. I think his stats turned out. He was at like 300 yards. It was like not, kind of unremarkable, like box score stats, but the actual like tape, you know, I and this guy don't lie. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic. Right. Um, and then he's had games like he did against Atlanta where he throws dumb interceptions and suddenly, you know, you're chasing the game all day and stuff like that. And he's just, he, he's just inconsistent. And when you're on those lows, everybody goes, okay, well, what, how do we get out of this? Right. How do we fix this? What's the next step? And you, everybody starts looking, well, you know, if we lose enough, maybe everybody's looking at the draft quarterbacks, everybody's looking at what's going to happen with Dak Prescott in Dallas and stuff. And the Vikings don't really have the option to do that because they, they can't get out from under that contract reasonably unless somebody wants to trade for him in 2021, which if he's as bad as you think he is, nobody's going to want that. Um, right. So I, I think the Vikings are just committed to riding the, the roller coaster of Kirk cousins uh, for me, you know, back in 2018 off season, I wanted to keep Teddy. I still kind of feel, I still kind of feel like I wanted them to keep Teddy. Like I still hold to that take uh, even though, you know, obviously Teddy's injury and stuff and his career trajectory has been a lot different than Kirk Cousins is. And, and in the if you look at last week where Teddy and Kirk went against each other as the referendum, Kirk outplayed Teddy by a mile. Um, but it, I, I, I'm just going to kind of be emotional about that and say, I want him anyways. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I've always said with him, uh, I give people nicknames. My nickname for Kirk Cousins is wait for it. Because no matter how good he plays, no matter how good he plays, Oh, just wait for it. You'll see. You'll see in a minute why. And he will throw the most unexplicable pass. I mean, mm -hmm. I would be like, why did he do that? And it's always at the wrong time. And um, I followed the Washington football team for a long time because that's I grew up a Skins fan. Oh, I'm sorry, a Washington football team's fan. But <laughs> you better take that out. But uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I would I would always like keep even when I was covering the Jags I would always keep my eye on them a little bit and it became just wait for it and uh, I'll tell you something you somebody you don't have to wait for it was Dalvin Cook you know I'm a FSU supporter mm -hmm. Dalvin what you guys see Dalvin Cook doing now does not surprise me this is the way he was oh, yeah. I think he's probably one of the best college running backs that no one ever remembers how great he was just think about it now Florida State's been struggling for years especially on the offensive line. And that dude ran for like 1,800 yards a year for three years straight. That's just how good he is. That's how good he is. And it mm -hmm. doesn't surprise me. You guys real happy with him up there? Uh, Dalvin is phenomenal, obviously. And the way that I always tell him that he tell people to, to kind of prepare for him is that you have to be gap sound. And if you're ever asking your linebackers or anybody on your team to two gap, and Dalvin Cook knows who that is because of tape study or whatever, he'll be able to take right. advantage of it because the way that he runs, and if, you know, if you're an FSU fan, you probably know this, um, yep. is you know he'll kind of look like he's attacking one gap and then very fluidly with like, an unbelievable flexibility and balance and stuff uh, and use that athleticism to kind of curl into another gap and basically just lure defenders out of position and then suddenly you don't even get a tackle attempt. Um, yeah. I, I think that's his biggest talent, which is tough because it's like hard to measure. So like a lot of stats like don't capture this, but it, it, he's very, very good at 
being dead to rights. And then suddenly the, the defender didn't even get to try a tackle. There's a really great example of it uh, that I, I posted on Twitter uh, over the week from, from the Carolina game that I can link. Oh, in the, the long, notes. the long run, the, the long one. Yeah, when the, they, it was like a 14 yeah. yard run, but it was like, yeah, yeah he was to- totally dead to rights. It was a huge hole, but there was a linebacker kind of in it ready to meet him. And that guy didn't even try a tackle because of the way that, uh, Dalvin Cook manipulates angles and his acceleration and deceleration and stuff. And he's just very, very crafty and tricky, um, which made up for some, I, I would say some mediocre combine results. Uh, right. But yeah, and, and I think he's dealing with the same problem. There's a lot of offensive line problems and there's a lot of a, a ton of plays where a, an often a young offensive lineman whiffs a block and there's a guy in the backfield, Dalvin Cook makes a miss and suddenly it's a nine yard gain somehow. You put him, if he can stay healthy with Justin Jefferson, I, I liked him in college. I did not know he was this good. There was talk. I think me and James were talking yesterday that he's a top ten wide receiver right now in the NFL. I did not know uh, he was yeah. going to be that. I'm, I didn't know he was going to be that good, man. I thought he'd be okay. I'm a big Jamar Chase fan, but this kid is for real. He is for real, man. Yeah, I don't think anybody had him over like Judy and C.D. Lamb and Henry Ruggs. Those were kind of the big three, and then the next tier was kind of Justin Jefferson, and then like Ray Gore and Ayuk and all those other guys. I mean, there's a ton of wide receivers in this class. Um, but yeah, he's good and he's balanced. That's, I think, the thing, right? I, like, I think people were worried about him coming out that he would be a, a one-trick pony, that he was only a slot receiver. But that that's people who only paid attention to his last year at LSU. Years In his sophomore year at LSU, they ran him outside plenty. It worked out totally fine. Right. Um, he's a crafty route runner. He's really got a lot of good release techniques, which I was worried about. Um, and that has turned out to be a strength, not a weakness. And he's good at contested catches. He's got speed. He's got ability after the catch. Um, I think there are some receivers out there. I think Thielen is one of these two that you just kind of add, like, what isn't he good at? And you, it's really hard to come up with an answer. Yeah, man. I mean, they got some talent, definitely got some talent. So, you know, it looked early in the year that Mike Zimmer was going to be on a hot seat, uh, but he did, he do, he's done what Mike Zimmer has done over the mm-hmm. years. And that is get the best out of this team. The secondary grew up because I was watching him. I couldn't believe how awful the secondary played early in the year. Now it seems they're starting to play it a little bit better. I'm going to give you my prognosis for the game real quick. I don't think the Jaguars have what it takes to beat the Vikings. And I think Kirk Cousins would have to really, really have a miserable game in order for Jacksonville to win. What do you think? Yeah, well, so there's a couple things. Um, with, with Zimmer in the secondary, I think it's important that uh, the, these young players haven't just started playing better. Zimmer's protecting them by calling a ton okay. of cover two and not asking them to cover anything deep. Zimmer gotcha. is, is like coddling the young kids, which he has to, right? No, no preseason. They're getting cooked otherwise. And what that allows, and this is where I guess I get worried about the matchup is I, I would say of all the things Jaguar, the Jaguars can do run the ball is probably the one thing they suck the least at. And the Vikings have to do uh, the, the, the Vikings have to run like too high all the time because of their cornerbacks, which allows you to run the ball a little bit. So Jaguars will be able to move the football, I think. And this is going to be closer than people think. I know the, the line is like Vikings minus nine and a half. I, I don't think it's going to be I think it's going to be a tighter game than people think. And I also think that, you know, with Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins can throw any game. He can throw inexplicable fumble rooskies. And it doesn't matter if you're playing against the Jaguars, the Jets, or the damn Chiefs. He can beat anyone. He can lose to anyone. Um, and so I, I, I don't think this game is a given by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and, and I think the Vikings will have to kind of be on their P's and Q's a little bit to take care of business against a team, even a team like the Jaguars that have kind of, that's kind of already packed it in. Yeah, that's good stuff because I'm going to tell you something. Even uh, the Jags, the young players have played hard. 
They're, they're very young. They don't win, but a 27-25 loss to Cleveland. The same score uh, a few weeks back, they lost to Houston. They also beat the Colts early in the year. They lost by three to the mm-hmm. Titans. So the games where you think they're going to be out, man, they play really, really hard. And and, mm-hmm. and I would be surprised if this game is like tied halfway through the third quarter because yeah, they're like I keep explaining to people they're like young young guys. Like I used to get on roller coasters when I was seven. When I was fourteen, I got too smart. I said, "Hey, I don't want nobody scaring the hell out of me for nothing," and I won't get on one now. Right? So it's like the Jaguars <laughs> players are so young they don't know they're no good. So it's like, what what do young people do well? Run and hit. Mm-hmm. They might not win, but they're gonna run and they're gonna hit. They're gonna play hard, yeah. So I'm choosing Minnesota to win. You know what? 27-25. Hell, the Jaguars have lost two games by that same score all year. <laughs> so I'm just saying, go for the trifecta. 27-25 Vikings. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say something similar to that. I, I would say if you're betting, uh, I would I would pick the Jags to cover just because I don't think the Vikings are are consistent enough to be touchdown favorites against anybody. And they've just like the Jaguars, they've had seven games, I think, six or seven games that have been one-score games. So yeah. I don't know. I always feel like, you know, the, the one in nine, the zero in 10 teams are never as bad as they look by their record, because there's always right. a game that was a one point game that came, could have come down to a million things. So this is going to be a closer game than it looks. But hey, Tony, it's been a good time talking to you. Good talking to you, Luke, man. Hey, take care. All right. So tomorrow we're going to get a little bit deeper into the details of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to kind of talk about the ways that maybe they could pull the upset, what the Vikings have to do to stop them from from pulling off the upset and to get back to 500. So make sure you come back tomorrow for that. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. The show is on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull.